good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. Well, good morning, everybody. Before I get started today, I want to take a minute, and we're going to be talking about the two witnesses. And if you're here and you don't have a copy of the Revelation book that we've been offering, if you'll raise your hand, we'll make sure you get one of those. If you don't have it, we will make sure you have it today. But today, I wanted to share my heart. Um, Jeff talked about it being a tough week, and it's been a tough week. Becky and I got to go spend some time with Chris and Daryl and the family, and we laughed a lot. We had a good time. We laughed a lot. And I went and spent time. Becky had to work and couldn't go, and I went and spent time with Jeff and Terry and the family. And I realized something. The more I'm with other families, the more their families are just like mine. You know, we want to think that people don't have problems like we have problems. We want to think that people don't suffer things like we suffer things. But the truth of the matter is, we all have problems. We all have stuff that goes on in our lives. We all have stuff that goes on in our homes. We all have family members that we're not proud of. And we might be that family member. I'm just saying. <laughs> and you might not be proud of yourself, but that's okay. Jeff always says, you know, man, I got a lot of black sheep in my family. I said, son, I got a flock of black sheep, and there's very few white sheep in my family. So I get it. But family is family. Amen. And no matter what's going on, we get past things, we get through things, and we deal with it. And that's what I love about this church body, is that we're family. Everybody that walks in the door, they always talk about how unique this congregation is. And you're, you're just the most wonderful people in the world. It doesn't matter what your problems are. It doesn't matter what your issues are. You are accepted for being who you are when you walk in these doors. Because that's the way Jesus accepts me. He accepts me just the way I walk up to him, just the way I come to him. No matter what I've done wrong, no matter how bad I've messed up, Jesus accepts me. And I just want you to know that I accept you. It's not about condemnation. It's not about condoning. It's about love. And that's what I want you to feel when you come in this place. Because every time I walk in the door, I am grateful that God has done what he's done for us here. Amen? Amen. So I'll get off my soapbox. But I feel good about what I'm saying. I just love you guys. I love you more than you know. I was, Dawn and I were talking, and I, and I, I tell people this all the time. I love everybody in this room. And it may be your first time here. And I love you. And you're like, well, how can you love me? You don't know me. I know who made you, and I love him, and because of that, I love you. Amen? 
Because you have as much value as I do or anybody else in the world. Because Jesus died for you the same way he died for me. Amen. Amen. Man, I feel like preaching a whole nother sermon. I feel that <laughs> one of those great songs, what the world needs now <laughs> is love, sweet love. But anyway, <clears throat> I'll digress. But we need to learn to have compassion for our brothers and our sisters, our fellow human beings. We need to learn what compassion is. We need to learn what love is. Because if God forgave us, we need to forgive some folks. And we just need to live that way and walk that way and let God deal with the rest of it, guys. Just let it go. Amen? All right. I don't pass an offering plate, but after that, I think I need to. I'm just kidding. Not really. <laughs> Let's dig into our scripture today. If you've got your Bibles with us, with you, hopefully you do. If you don't, we're going to make sure you do before you leave. Turn to Revelation chapter 11, and we're going to go through verses 1 through 14. We'll be dealing in the New King James, and I just want to say this. All the people online, we don't spend a lot of, people, a lot of time talking about those that are online, but we have a very, very strong online presence. And if you're one of those people that are here today... I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking your time out and spending time with us today. And God bless you and thank you for being here. So today as we deal with the two witnesses, I'm going to share something about who I believe the two witnesses are. Now, your opinion is just as important as mine. You can do with it whatever you want. I'm not telling you that you have to take it this way. I'm just sharing my position on this, okay? The Bible says these words, it says, it's once appointed unto man to die, and after that, the judgment. So the Bible says that every living man that's not caught up in the rapture must die. That's what the word says, amen? And so because of that, we have two people in scripture that we know for certain never died. And that's Elijah and Enoch. Now there's a lot of people who discuss talking about Moses and uh, Isaiah and, and Ezekiel and some other people that they feel that might be these two witnesses, I believe it's Enoch and Elijah. Now, Enoch, he was a special guy. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. How many of you want to walk with God? The Bible says that he was just here and he was gone. Then we talk about Elijah and God sent a, a heavenly Uber after him. He sent a chariot of fire to pick him up and, and carry him out of this world. And he never died. And so I believe that Elijah and I believe Enoch are the two witnesses. And that is my sole purpose and my sole reason for saying that is because they never died. And if they don't, then the Bible is a lie. So there's where my position is, okay? So that's my opinion, ought to be yours, just saying. I'm just kidding. So the scripture says this, Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court, which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. Listen to this. And they will tread 
the holy city underfoot 40 and two months. Now these dates become very important. And I will give power to my two witnesses and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. Now I just want you to understand something here so that you get this about what kind of time frame we're talking about. That's about three and a half years. The Bible talks about, and we're going to get into that a little later as we study Revelation, but it talks about that there is a break in between the starting of the tribulation, the seven years, that three and a half years, this is going to tie into that, but we'll make that connection a little bit later, okay? Now, I want you to understand these two witnesses are special. They're not just anybody. They're not just somebody that just showed up on the scene. They're not somebody that just came around and just decided, hey, I want to do it. I volunteer. This is not what we're talking about here. These two witnesses are very special because look at where they've been. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. Listen to this. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. Lord, give me some of that. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. So they've got to be burned. Now, listen to this. Keep going. We got more here. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over the waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. Man, don't act like y'all wouldn't want a little bit of this. I'm just saying, people come against you, people give you a hard time. I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I'm being silly here, but I'm being serious at the same time because there's not one person online or in here that hasn't been to that place at some point in time in their life. Ooh, let me just put like a thousand fleas from a thousand camels in your armpits. <laughs> Y'all have heard that said before. That's on them old TV shows and stuff like that. But don't think that I don't know that you're like that because I'm like that and God made all of us. And God's got some of that in him too because he's given the power to be able to do this. We've seen, see, people think that the God of the Old Testament is gone. God that was in the Old Testament is not gone. He is just holding back because of grace and mercy through the blood of Jesus Christ. See, people today, they don't get it. They don't wrap their minds around it. They're not looking at it from the position of, you know, God, I do this and I do that. Nothing happens. Nothing happened. I sinned. Nothing happened. I did this. Nothing happened. Okay, I'm going to keep doing it. And all of a sudden, because nothing happens, we think there's no big deal. But I want you to listen to the words that I am speaking to you today because there is someone who has a little instrument and they have a scroll 
And everything that comes out of our mouth, every word is recorded. Why'd y'all get quiet? Because y'all have been thinking about that fire thing here lately. I got it. I get it. We need to understand that what God is speaking to us and what he's saying to us is these guys are going to show up and when they do, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be easy. And people think it's no big deal. Oh, it's no problem. That's just a book. Let me tell you something. When they show up, it's not going to be just a book. When this happens, and it will happen, as sure as I'm breathing right now, this will happen. I stand on it. This is the word of God. Amen. When this happens, people are going to be doing all kinds of things and they're not living godly lives. So when these two holy men that have been in the presence of God, amen, they're the olive trees, they're the lampstands, they've been right there in the temple, they've been present with God. When they step into an unholy world and they recognize all of the sin around them, they're here to purge the sin. They're here to bring recognition to the sin. Now, the good thing about this, guys, is while we have grace and mercy and the redemptive blood of Christ still in action right now at this point in time, we don't have to go through this. That excites me. I don't know if it does you, but that excites me. I don't want any part of these two guys. Maybe later, but not these guys. Amen? Let's keep digging. Because as we go through this, I want to show you something. If you're going to be one of the ones that stands up for God, somebody's going to want to hurt you. If you're going to tell the truth, someone's going to want to call you a liar. Amen. And if you stand for the truth, people are going to call you crazy. People are going to say that you don't have anything to do with the reality of this world. What world are you living in? What planet are you from? <laughs> I know who said that. <clears throat> and that's questionable at times. <laughs> when we look at these things and we start to wrap our heads around this and we start to think, wait a minute, how do I live? You know, I asked for prayer for something today. And it's personal. It's, it means something to me. I'm doing something for myself personally. Anybody ever detoxed? Anybody ever been through a detoxing program? When detoxification takes place, what happens? Bad things come out of your body. Bad things come out of your system. You know, we don't realize how many bad things we absorb on a daily basis. We don't realize how much bad comes into our bodies, into our minds, into our walk on a daily basis. Amen? And sometimes we need to realize that we need to go through a process of detoxing. We need to learn how important prayer is. We need to fall on our face before God and look in the mirror and say, God, if there's something here that it does not resemble you, get it out of me. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to pay a price for standing in the mirror. Because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. Because when you start having the focus turned 
from what you're trying to get people to see to what God sees. Not that he doesn't see us with the eyes of love and compassion and caring. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the world that is in us. You see, the Bible tells us to be in the world, but not of the world. And how do we do that? How do we walk through this world and not be part of this world? How do we walk through this world and not get it in us or get it on us? Let me tell you something. You walking through this world is like me walking through a pasture. I've got a couple of pastures at my place. And if I walk through one of them, I can guarantee you if it's summertime, even in the wintertime, if I hadn't got it cut down, there's something that will happen to me. I don't know what y'all call them. We called them hitchhikers growing up. You walk through those high weeds, you're going to get that stuff stuck all over you. Now, the worst thing you can do is take some clothes that have been in a field with hitchhikers and throw them in the washing machine and your wife has a knit blouse in it. You can ask me how I know that later. Because when it comes up and it's all balled up and it's got picks and everything and she is upset, it's not a good day. But if you'll take the time, you can take those things off of you. I use my pocket knife. I'm a country boy. I'll take and shave my britches and get those things off. But you know what? It's inevitable that you miss some. Now, what if I just kept putting the same pants on and kept walking through that field, expecting not to have the result, being able to throw them in the washing machine, throw them in the dryer, and not have any impact on the other things that are around me? Y'all still with me? If we don't take the time to get this stuff off of us, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and create more and more problems. Amen? We need to take the time to examine ourselves and be a holy people before God. Amen? Now, watch what happens here. The witnesses are killed. But now, they're not killed by just the people because they didn't have that kind of power. So let's look at this. When they finished their testimony. The beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Now, remember that once appointed unto man to die? So here now we have death. That makes the Bible true. My opinion, just putting it here. Not that the Bible's true, but the two witnesses are Elijah and Enoch. All right, let's keep going. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and, and, uh, and, e- and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Now, I want you to look at this. Where was Jesus crucified? Jerusalem. So now he's calling this place Sodom. It has become like Egypt because it has become defiled. Now, watch this. Listen to this. Then those from the people's Tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, 
make merry and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Now, I want you to listen to me right here. There are people, when you leave this world, they're not going to be sad. Amen. You ever heard a song that says, smiling faces tell lies? There are people that are going to tell you that they love you, that they care about you, but the Bible calls them false brothers. I'm going to tell you, and I want you to know this today, that there is a price for being a Christian. There is a price to be paid. But it's a price that our Lord already paid and showed us that we could pay that price. Amen? He lived a holy life. We can live a holy life through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. It's not about being perfect in other people's eyes. You need to understand that. Our perfection is not in what your, your spouse sees, what your brother sees, your sister sees, what your friend sees. That's not the perfection we're talking about. The perfection is in the eyes of God. See, God sees us as righteous. God sees us as holy. God sees us as being a holy nation. Now, do we make mistakes? Yes, we make mistakes. Do we fall short? The word of God declares that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody can stand and say, I'm perfect. I got, I know some of you, bless your heart. I know you feel that you fit that mold, but you don't. But we need to understand how important that mercy and that grace is. How important that blood is. How important salvation is to the one who doesn't know Jesus Christ. Because what it allows us to do is to show mercy and grace to other people. Amen. Now when these two guys die, I've always wondered in my mind, how in the world is the whole world going to see what's going on in Jerusalem? Well, Ted Turner solved that problem for us many, many years ago when he started shooting satellites up in the sky and started bouncing signals off. The whole world has got access to Wi-Fi. It's got access to television. It's got access to news feeds. The whole world is going to see this, and I always wonder why, and it's simply because of satellite television. But the whole world is going to see this event. The whole world is going to rejoice because this is going to have ramifications globally. Because when that rain stops, it doesn't stop in one region. It stops globally. When the heat comes, it doesn't come in one place. It comes globally. And this is a witness for judgment. Amen? Now, here's where the problem comes in. Watch this. The witnesses are resurrected. You see, for three and a half days, everybody's had a good time. Everybody's partied. Everybody's took a break. Everybody's like, yeah. And then they wake up. They just wake up. Watch this. Listen to what the word says. Now, after the three and a half days, listen to this. The breath of life from God entered them. And they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on all those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. 
and they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. I want to pause right there. I just want you to know something. Whatever enemies you have in your life today, whatever enemies are coming against you, no matter what they are, they're going to see you put down, and it's going to look like you're down. And that there's no hope for you. But I'm telling you right now, those same enemies that put you in the dirt, the breath of God is going to breathe life into you. It's going to breathe into you and cause you to get up and rise up above the situation that you're in, no matter what it is. And you're going to give God the glory. You're going to give God the honor. And everybody's going to see it and everybody's going to know it. Amen. Man, I feel like preaching, preaching now. If y'all would talk back to me, I could probably do that, but I'm going to stop. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. Listen to this. Remember, we've been talking about these three woes, and you want to know where, this, where these woes are. We've been through one, but watch this right here. And the second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. There is a God, but the second woe is past. When the third woe comes, that's when you're really going to see some issues. That's when you're going to see some things. Now, next week... We're now going to be moving into the seventh trumpet. And the seventh trumpet, when we get into this in week 21 of this study, we're going to be digging in and we're going to start seeing a whole new level of all new things coming. We think it's bad. We think that all this stuff is bad and people are dying left and right and stuff's falling on them and the world is just falling apart and it's being destroyed. But as the young folks used to say when I was a kid, you ain't seen nothing yet. And we haven't seen anything compared to what God is bringing to this earth. Today, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. I do not know. I know that some of you are in a time of loss right now and you're in a time of mourning and you're wounded and you're hurting. I know some of you are in, in a mode of searching, trying to find a place, trying to find a thing, trying to find a place to belong or to be. I know some of you are expecting babies. That makes me happy. Makes me very happy. But the one thing we're not expecting is we're not expecting not to wake up in the morning. We're not expecting not to make it home today. We're not expecting that. But the word declares, he says, behold, I come quickly. Today, whatever your spiritual condition, wherever you're at in your world, you guys that know me, you know I don't bring judgment, I don't bring the hammer, and I definitely don't hit anybody with a Bible bat. But if I don't do my job to tell you that there is a heaven and there is a hell, I'm not doing my job. As sure as there is a reward, there is a punishment.
the greatest thing that you will ever say if you stand in front of God is, I was lost, but now I'm found. No big fancy words, guys. You don't have to come up with this great soliloquy. I did that for Donna. <laughs> I only had one $10 word and I just used it. You don't have to come up with a bunch of fancy words, guys. Just tell your story. Tell what God's done for you. Tell somebody what you were and what you are and what you soon hope to be. With these words, if you keep bringing your past into your present, you will never move into your future. Let it go. Because I was doesn't mean I am. And because I am doesn't mean I won't soon be something better, something more. By the mercy and the grace of God. Good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN. Or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 9.45. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell.